This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Week 11, NFL, injury report, props, updated rankings, DraftKings ownership, and a whole lot more. Once again, I would like to apologize for my voice as it is not quite yet returned. Hopefully, I am feeling better by Monday and all things are go because we'll have a double dose of the Pat Mayo experience on Monday. We have DraftKings picks for the Thanksgiving slate, plus a special picks against the spread show with Cust and Jeff for the Thanksgiving slate. Then back to normal shows. It's not like we're skipping the other shows throughout the week. So because we are north of the border, we can actually work on Thursday and Friday to provide even more content. It is the one week a year where the fantasy companies and fantasy providers are glad that they have Canadian employees in this regard because we can produce fresh content while everyone else is, like, hungover on, like, turkey highs and everything like that. Anyway, have a great Thanksgiving week, and I want to get straight into everything. I want to remind everyone to smash the like button of the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and please sub to the newsletter because if you can't make it through my raspy voice... Right now, the newsletter has most of this information in cheat sheet form in it right now. The link is in the description. Also, playing the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, 700 spots remain on a Saturday afternoon. Let's fill that up. It's rake-free. 3,000 spots. Let's go, okay? We've got to fill that up. We're like, What are we doing? Rake-free DraftKings contest. It is the best contest that you are going to be able to. To find. Let's jump into the props for the week. Number one, uh, if you haven't deposited on prize picks yet, shame on you. You should really get on that because if you use code MMN at prizepicks.com, you get a deposit match of up to $100. So deposit $100, get a bonus $100 to go play along with. And you only need $7.11 to play in the MMN props pool. So if you just play a five pick entry on Sunday of $7.11, you'll get 10 times your money if you get all five plus. You get a $50 bonus if you get all five correct just by entering that entry of $7.11. So the two that I am going with uh, of my five, and you can probably pick out the other ones that I like once I start talking a little bit more, but A.J. Dillon over .5 rushing touchdowns against the Vikings. Just This is going to be all Dillon all day long. Uh, no Aaron Jones, obviously, and I don't expect any of the backups to really get much run. I would expect to see an 80% market share of the rushing touches for uh, A.J. Dillon in this game. The Minnesota run defense is okay, not great. Their pass rush, pretty good. So keep the ball on the ground, best way, especially indoors, to beat the Minnesota Vikings here. And what did we see last week against a much more formidable run defense of the Seahawks? Pass defense, garbage. Run defense, actually pretty good. That every time they got the ball inside the five-yard line, the Packers just went run, 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 run. Even if they change that up, Half the time, it's going to be ample opportunity for A.J. Dillon to hit that number. So over half a touchdown, so score a rushing touchdown. We're good, A.J. Dillon, on part one of the prize picks play. Part two, Justin Fields at home in this game against Baltimore. Over 33 and a half rushing yards. He's gone over this number in four consecutive contests. This number is really low. One thing you could really do is leverage prize picks versus the actual sports books because the sports book number for this is 41 and a half and at prize picks we're getting 33 and a half. That's a significant difference and there's two other quarterbacks that have wild differences. They don't seem huge on paper but when you factor in the actual number they would have to get to it's gigantic. So this one is huge for me. 33 and a half over Justin Fields. I play this as a hundred dollar entry. 
100, pays 300, boom, let's go, double over on that front. In the actual prop front, there is one that I'm really digging this week, and I like this on DraftKings as well at 2,500 bucks if you need a punt play. Both Logan Thomas and Ricky Seals-Jones are not playing this week for the Washington footballs. That means John Bates is likely to start in their place, and this happened last week because I had played Ricky Seals-Jones, didn't realize he had the hip pointer, and I was looking at the game, I was like, who the hell is this guy catching passes for Washington? Heineke, he had eyes for John Bates last week, so they have yet to open anything on prize picks for John Bates. They probably won't. At the sports books, there's no reception prop on John Bates yet. I'm guessing it's going to open at one and a half. Maybe it's two, but one and a half, two, heavy over on John Bates in terms of receptions. The one that they have out right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, 15 and a half over receiving yards. I like that as well. I would expect him to be in the range of three to six targets in this game, and that should be good enough uh, for probably like eight yards a catch or so. If you, you know, if he brings in, I mean, if he only gets three targets, he'd have to have a pretty high catch percentage, but he's not running complicated routes. He's more of a safety value in this offense as we've seen tight ends be over the years so if he's the only tight end running upwards of like 80 percent of his routes john bates yeah john bates he's a real person not a creative player and he is someone at twenty five hundred dollars on DraftKings too if you're looking for that punt tight end i actually don't mind him here because even if he gets five let's say he gets six targets in this game against the panthers that's probably good for like a 15 to 20 percent target share from taylor heineke you're just not gonna find that down at the bottom of the DraftKings pricing are there better options elsewhere at tight end of course there are but if you need to save the money because you want to stack up kansas city and dallas or vegas and cincinnati this is a piece you can get for very cheaply and listen i think it can most definitely come through i'm gonna wager on the over of receiving yards so i think that it can happen as well plus 450 anytime touchdown that one's more of like a sprinkle play not a strong play for john bates the two other props that i really like and these are the two that are kind of off from prize picks to the sportsbook. So Tua, anytime touchdown, I'd be rushing or receiving, not throwing. At plus 240 against the Jets, it's a pretty fine number. I like that. But on prize picks, the two that I was looking at was Tua over rushing yards and Aaron Rodgers over rushing yards. Now here's where the difference comes in. And again, it's not gigantic when you look at it, but Tua on prize picks is six and a half over over under rushing yardage at DraftKings Sportsbooks he's nine and a half that's a three-yard difference that's not substantial but it's a 33% difference on the over so you're best off playing that at prize picks six and a half I like that over Aaron Rodgers is five and a half at the sportsbook for rushing yards over under at prize picks he's three and a half over under I like that number a lot Uh, five and a half is about where his medium projection would come out it's a heavy over at three and a half, it's not at five and a half. So although there's a really minute differences, you know, two yards, what's two yards Well, for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's likely to take off somewhere between 1.5 and 2.5 times a game with an average rush of five it's over on one place it's under on the other if he only takes off the one time so three and a half over Aaron Rodgers at prize picks over six and a half rushing yardage on Tua at prize picks but at DraftKings Sportsbook you can play the Tua over uh, on rushing touchdowns or anytime touchdown, sorry, plus 240. I do like that. So those would be the props that I'm primarily going with this week. I know that they're kind of wonky. The 
Tony Pollard rushing yardage, if you can catch it below 30 anywhere, like I've seen it as low as 29 and a half at some places, I do like that number a lot too against the Chiefs, especially with Amare out, probably more of a lean on the running game, easy way to attack the Chiefs. Everyone's just going to be piling on Michael Gallup, but both Zeke and Pollard are going to have substantial roles Sunday against the Chiefs, and his number kind of got deflated a little bit because he's been doing more in the receiving game, but I do like that over of 29 and a half Tony Pollard rushing yards in this contest. Let's get to the injuries and the rankings. All of the rankings have been updated for me, Half Point PPR. You can find those down in the description along with everything else like the newsletter, the DraftKings contest, how to sign up to prize picks. That's just down in the description. It has some stuff that you might want to take a gander at from time to time. Sometimes I put down, just to see if anyone looks, I put down bonus promos for stuff. And like, there's been like five people who ever like taken advantage of like legit free money offers. But that's what you can find down in the description. But all the rankings, they are updated at DKNation.com right now. Elijah Mitchell uh, is doubtful to play for the 49ers. Jamichael Hasty is also doubtful to play for the 49ers, thus thrusting Jeff Wilson into the starting role at running back. He is up inside the top 20 of the rankings right now. Aaron Jones is out. We've already spoken about A.J. Dillon. He's a top 10 play at running back this week. Elvin Kamara is out for the Saints against the Eagles this week, so that will put Mark Ingram back inside the top 20. Expect him to be very popular on the DraftKings slate after coming through a week ago, but Tony Jones Jr. is expected to be activated from injured reserve. That's not a guarantee yet that he's going to play in this game because Ty Montgomery is also out for the Saints, who could potentially handle a few carries. Taysom Hill could potentially handle a few carries, but he is somewhat iffy to play in this game too. But if Tony Jones plays... It's not going to affect how much I like or dislike Mark Ingram, but it is a thorn in his side that all of a sudden you get Mark Ingram from an 85% snap share down to a 70. It's just fewer opportunities. I would still expect the high leverage situations to go to Mark Ingram, but we've seen wonky things in the past. So keep an eye on Tony Jones Jr. If he is inactive, it's going to be like 95% Mark Ingram in this game, thus making him an ultimate, I wouldn't say smash play because, you know, he's priced up this week, but you're going to start him if you have him. So go with that. Kareem Hunt is going to be out. Nick Chubb is going to be back. It's a great situation against the Detroit Lions. I would still expect Ernest Johnson to get a little bit of run here, but probably like a 70-30, 65-35 split between Chubb and Ernest Johnson against the Lions. Still love Chubb against his horrendous run defense. Uh, Hopefully... We can see more DeAndre Swift this week, like we saw last week, because Jamar Jefferson is out. Jamal Williams, we don't know as of yet. I'm guessing he's trending towards playing because he hasn't been officially ruled out. So DeAndre Swift is the play. That's all you're really looking for from the Lions' side of the ball. Chris Carson is out for the season. Alex Collins is likely to play with his groin injury. After that, I would expect Travis Homer, as we've been seeing in passing situations for the Seahawks, it's been Travis Homer who has been taking up most of those. Clyde Edwards-Alaire likely in. Saquon Barkley likely in. James Robinson is likely going to play as well. Same as Latavius Murray against the Bears for the Ravens this week. Miles Sanders and Devontae Booker are both questionable, likely game-time decisions. Chase Edmonds, he's still on IR, and obviously Cordero Patterson did not play on Thursday against the Patriots. However, I would expect him back week 12 for the Atlanta Falcons. Let's talk receivers, and the biggest one is going to be the late-minute scratching of Amari Cooper, who is unvaccinated and placed on the COVID list. Now, the reason that it's important that he's unvaccinated is that if he was vaccinated and could prove himself with two negative tests, he would be back. Because he is not, he is out for the 10-day like quarantine, so he's going to miss the next two 
Cowboys games this week, and they play on Thanksgiving, so in that 10-day time period, they'll have played twice. So no Amari Cooper this week or in Week 12, so adjust your lineups accordingly. I'm just going to boost up. Michael Gallup, he's inside the top 30. Expect him to be overwhelming chalk on DraftKings this week at $4,200. Not a bad place to pivot. Generally speaking, the rule of thumb when it comes to DraftKings is cheap wide receiver chalk, good fade. Cheap running back chalk, probably a play because you can project out the overall touches for running backs far easier than you can do with wide receivers. Now, that's not to say that Gallup isn't going to have a good game. I think that he is going to have a good game. However, if 25% of the field is using him, it just might be a Tony Pollard game. It might be an Amare Cooper game, and it does appear like Cedric Wilson is going to take over the Amare spot in this offense, or at least maybe shift to the slot and run the third amount of routes. Maybe that is the spot that you want to go with. Malik Turner continues to get some run on this team as well. So there are just more options at receiver, and there are fewer. There, there are far more outs at receiver rather than running back. That's why the cheap wide receiver chalk is a little bit more uncomfortable to digest. But Cooper, you're not going to have him for two weeks. CD Lamb, like, to the moon at this point. Uh, but he's going to be the focal point of that defense. So keep an eye on all of those guys. They're all pretty good plays, obviously. Gallup, Zeke, Schultz. This is actually really good for Schultz, to be perfectly honest with you, after getting kind of lost in the mix a little bit. People will be off of him this week. He's around the same price as Gallup, obviously a different position. But that might be a way that you want to go about that one this week. Anthony Schwartz is out for the Cleveland Browns with a concussion. DeAndre Hopkins out. Christian Kirk is the primary that you want to play from the Arizona Cardinals against Seattle this week. Curtis Samuel, he's likely out for Washington. Will Fuller is out. Antonio Brown is out on Monday Night Football, as is Sterling Shepard. So that would vault Kadarius Tony to the best play against the Bucks, followed by Kenny Galladay. Uh, eventually, Sterling, put it this way, any game that Sterling Shepard has finished so far in 2021, he has led the Giants in targets. So whenever he plays, you play him. When he doesn't play, Tony is likely the best option that you're going to get. Allen Robinson is doubtful, likely out for the Bears. Move up Darnell Mooney, move up Cole Komet. That's probably all you want. Marquis Goodwin plays for the Bears, by the way. He is a deep threat that maybe you can get lucky. Probably not the spot I would want to go unless I was in really dire straits at the wide receiver position. Calvin Ridley, he's out at least one more week. It's probably going to be even more than that. He's probably done for the rest of the season. CeeDee Lamb's going to play. Jace Claypool looks like he's going to be back for Sunday Night Football as well. I thought he was going to miss multiple weeks. Turns out he is ahead of schedule. He'll play against the Chargers. Donovan Peoples-Jones has a core issue. He's probably going to play, but keep an eye on him against the Lions. If they do get up by a ton against the Lions, they probably pull him from the game. But with Schwartz already out, you could be looking at Landry and Richard Higgins as the two primary receivers if Donovan Peoples-Jones cannot go in that game. At quarterback, Lamar Jackson is dealing with an illness. He's traveled with the team to Chicago. Uh, He's probably going to play, but it's a bit iffy. Um, I mean, I know what it's like to be feeling from an illness right now. It's tough to breathe. you got to take some breaks every once in a while, especially if you got a ton of mucus all up in your... Oh, in your chest. It's just awful stuff. And you're really tired all the time, too. So keep an eye on Lamar. He's probably going to go. Jared the Goof, probably not going to play. That means that Tim Boyle is going to start at quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Here's the fun thing. Probably not going to affect anything. The big difference between Boyle from what we know about him is that his arm is gigantic. So maybe, you know, Khalif Raymond is a speedster. Maybe they try to hit him deep a few times. Uh, That'd probably be about it. Khalif Raymond would be the only one I'd really consider playing at the wide receiver position, but I don't even really want to do that. Colt McCoy looks like he's going to be able to back up Kyler Murray, who is looking and trending towards playing in this game. Remember, Arizona has a bye week in week 
12. So if Kyler's not close to 100%, I doubt that he's going to go if Colt McCoy is going to be okay. Because then you give him the extra two weeks to get healthy. But if he does play, I'm playing Kyler either way. Ben Roethlisberger is likely going to be in. Sam Darnold is out. Cam Newton is starting. However, Matt Rule has said that there are P.J. Walker packages for the Carolina offense. How much of that do I believe? I don't know, but it's something for Washington to think about. I do like Washington in that game against Carolina, by the way. And Baker Mayfield likely in with his knee injury. Uh, Baker's just going to continue to tough it out, no matter how banged up he may be over the course of the season, how much it might limit him, he's going to keep playing. At tight end, Jeff Swaim is out with a concussion. Logan Thomas and Ricky Seals-Jones both out for the Washington footballs, hence John Bates. The Bates Motel scoring you some points. Dallas Goddard likely in for the Eagles and Rob Gronkowski trending towards playing on Monday Night Football. That is no guarantee as of yet. So you have to have a contingency plan in place, whether that be Cameron Brait, whether that be O.J. Howard, whether that be Evan Ingram, it doesn't matter. You're playing Gronk over all of those guys if he plays, but since it is on Monday night, if you're waiting around for him, you do need to have a backup plan in place unless you get full confirmation that he is good to go. DraftKings ownership for week 11, a reminder once again to hit the description and play in the best tournament on DraftKings, the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League and Viewers League, if you're watching out there. Remember to sub to the channel and leave an audio review as well on Apple or Spotify if you can muster that sort of 25-second energy. Anyway, at running back, what we're dealing with here is A.J. Dillon, Christian McCaffrey, Jeff Wilson, and Mark Ingram. Those seem to be the big four this week. I like David Montgomery as a pivot. You can pay up for anyone who isn't or who isn't Christian McCaffrey and you're seemingly getting pretty good value I'm going to eat the AJ Dillon chalk it just seems too sensible at this point for his price point James Conner had some early week buzz but it seems like he's drifting a bit because uh, AJ Dillon continues to go up and up and up and then Mark Ingram and Jeff Wilson both opened up at the cheaper end that like last week he didn't get there he did score a touchdown but James Conner looking like a good pivot play or at least a lower owned running back play if that's the way that you want to go in the mid tier at wide receiver should be no real shock the most stacked game of the week is going to be Kansas City and Dallas so the two highest owned receivers are going to be CeeDee Lamb Tyreek Hill and Michael Gallup, one, two, three. Who would have thunk it? T. Higgins, also looking like a really good value from that game as well, which is going to be pretty popular too. At tight end, uh, Travis Kelsey, Cole Komet, and Dan Arnold are the three that really stick out above the pack. Darren Waller likely gets into that mix too because Cincinnati and Vegas likely to be the second most stacked game of the week after Kansas City and Dallas. A quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson for the moment because of this new illness and whether or not he may or may not play. He might get dropped down. Then you can just play Lamar, Bateman, and Brown. Or you might want to add add Andrews into that, bring it back with David Montgomery. All of a sudden, you got a nice contrarian stack on the go if people do jump off of Lamar Jackson. At defense, the Browns, Ravens, and Panthers looking like the big three. I still like the Texans. Um, It's not that I have anything against Tennessee, but they're going to play slow. If the Texans can score early in this game, Texans do have one of the better pass rushing units in football, and Tennessee has one of the worst pass blocking offensive lines. So you can get some cheap sacks that way. They're the min at $2,000 that if you do need to jam in a lot of these studs from these bigger games, that's one way to do it along with John Bates at $2,100 or Marcus Johnson on the Titans as well. It's another cheaper receiver that you can throw in to maybe try to package all those guys together to pay up at the really important high volume positions this week the Jets against the Dolphins are another one I would potentially 
potentially think they blitz a ton, as does Miami, but Miami's offensive line reeks. So the Jets' defense, well, you kind of have to hold your nose. Like the Texans, it's defense. It's completely random. And those are two, along with Washington, that could have potential pressure in the backfield, which just leads to turnovers. So I would keep an eye. Those are the three that I'm going to be scrolling through, plus the Saints at $2,900 for myself. The biggest stacks of the week, uh, at least the most popular ones, you're looking at Kansas City-Dallas game. The Bills offense is going to be highly stacked, as is the Cincinnati and Vegas game. Um, So, you know, once you're winning a whole bunch after the early slate of games, uh, just remember that most of the stacks are coming in the afternoon wave, and they're going to wipe you out. Be cognizant of that before you start counting your money this week. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Remember to play on prize picks in the 7-11 contest, $7.11. You get the bonus 50 if you go 5 for 5 and use code MMN to get that deposit match of up to $100. Hopefully, I am recuperated by Monday and I have my full vocal cords back at you for yelling purposes to get you ready for both the Thanksgiving slate and the betting slate for Thanksgiving and the rest of the week. But that will do it for me. Thank you so much for watching. Good luck in week 11. Sub to the newsletter. I'll see you next time.